Welcome to the Chef of X podcast. And you're not, um, and right now you're, you're the most interested in politics and transportation. Yeah, that's like what I'm really interested in, like housing and transportation, making San Francisco like a real world-class city. Mm. Now, be, what are the examples of world-class cities um, as far as housing and transportation? Go? Yeah, Tokyo is a great example. And why um, is that? Huh? Why is that? What is special about Tokyo? That- Tokyo's like zoning is very lax. Um, so zoning is what like determines, uh, what a place looks like and how tall it can be. Um, Mm -hmm. so they have very lax zoning, um, which enables a variety of housing to be built. Mm. So that's kind of where you get the like cubicle, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cubic, uh, um, I forget pod housing. Yeah. And pod housing, just to explain that briefly, what is that? Yeah, pod housing is like uh, you have these little pods that... (laughs) (laughs) It involves pods. It involves pods. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they're kind of like very small. Uh, You can kind of sleep in them, obviously. Well, how is it different from a regular apartment? Yeah, so there are kind of rows of these. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you get kind of like a tiny room. Mm. Um, now, should everyone live in those? Probably not. <laughs> but um, it's good to have a variety of options available, and they're and most importantly, they're cheap. So, how do uh, bathrooms work and kitchens work? So they're housing? shared. Yeah, they're shared. And how many rooms per bathroom or kitchen is normal for a pot house? Maybe five or ten, fifteen. Fifteen. That's yeah. different from a normal apartment. Right? Yeah, very yeah. different, very different. That's closer to like a dorm. Yeah, it's kind of like a dorm, exactly. Huh. Pot housing. Okay, yeah. so so there are certain cities... I should bring up like a photo. That would be... I think that would be useful. Okay. Pod housing... Or they're usually like pod hotels. Yeah. But in your view, there are certain cities that have... So they look like this. Have better zoning, which allows for things like this. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. This looks like a row of washing machines. (laughs) Kind of. It's like a mixture between a bunk bed and a washing machine. Yeah, yeah. As a hotel, this makes a lot of sense. Yes, it they're usually hotels. I wouldn't I wouldn't live in that long term. Yeah. I've stayed in a pod hotel. It was it was pretty chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I was in uh, I was just telling you about what I would argue is a a housing experiment at the domes that's similar to pot housing because um, you have a, a, a bunch of quote-unquote homes mm-hmm. that are all really in close proximity, but not nearly as close as pot housing. Sure, sure. And, um, you know, obviously the government system I didn't like there, but the idea behind having a bunch of small houses, it, uh, almost like, I think this is the same idea as a trailer park, mm-hmm. but... You know, having a bunch of small affordable houses in a small area. Yeah, exactly. Where you could just scale it up as much as you want. Um, I think it is really cool and it is something that 
might make more sense in the future. Yeah. Because the single I've, family homes thing um, is it not just takes sustained. up a lot of land. It does. Yeah, exactly. It takes up huge amounts of land and it's not sustainable for a variety of reasons, including like transportation. Um, you know, it's dominated by the car. A single family home needs a car mm. because it's not very financially sustainable to provide transit for that. Mm. So to you, the housing and the transportation are kind of are intertwined. The same yeah, they are. They're yeah. very intertwined. And it's a mistake to decouple them from each other. Mm. And San Francisco in particular has this problem? Or do you just love San Francisco, so that's why you're focusing on it? It's part both. <laughs> it has a huge land problem and su housing supply problem. Uh, yeah. It is the most expensive city in the world. Really? Uh, just by sheer price. Hmm. How is that measured? Like the top, like on, is it an average? Like average rent, yeah, right? average rent, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. As a big city, yeah. I mean, in terms of like, of like income to housing ratio, it's one of the top most expensive cities in the world. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But then also just flat out, average rent is the highest. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> or it was based on whatever Someone paper can... you were reading whenever you were reading it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, building upward is uh does seem to be a really important part about uh making sustainable housing. Yeah, but, absolutely. But that seems to be solvable with regular apartments. Right. Like what right. Like here's the thing, what is wrong with normal apartments in your view now? Do you think they're particularly wasteful? No, no. Cause, no, no, cause, no. Like, I think of like single family homes as like wasteful. Yeah. I yeah. would agree with that. The apartments are fine. And you could if you build really really high ones, right? Then then you can that might be the house a lot of people on a small part of land. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but the zoning. So in your view, the way that zoning is set up in a city determines, yeah, kind of constrains the creativity around housing and transportation. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's like 70% or 80% of land in San Francisco is zoned for single-family homes. Uh, it's like a, a huge percentage is zoned for single family homes. Mm. And in your view, it should be 0% or just a very small percent? Well, I mean, it's not about like banning them outright, right? Yeah. Um, but. Well, well, let me say this. If it's zoned specifically for single family homes, let's say the zoning was instead of specifically for single family homes, just for homes. Then yeah. Then there could still be some single family homes exactly. without stopping the development of other things. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of the idea that I would want to see. And it's in possible San to kind of have some optimization function for what should be built based on sure. the number of people that have needs. Yeah. I will say this like, San Francisco won't be affordable without apartments, period. But it has apartments, right? But it needs more apartments. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the question, how many more for each, you know, time period? You know, so, at time T, how many apartments should we have? Well, it's been 
to back up, it's been decades of underbuilding housing. Mm. So, and I think as it stands, California is like number 49 in terms of like homes per capita mm. in states. Yeah. Well, there may have been, to be fair, how do you know when you're going to go through a huge boom in, in your population? So maybe maybe there's been specific zoning for, you know, whatever, 40 years. Because yeah. according to the predictions at the time, maybe it wasn't as big of a deal. Maybe they were sure. behind by just a little bit. Sure. Whereas now, I mean, how many people are moving to San Francisco well, it's for kinda, related reasons. Yeah. And that's just the last whatever year, 10, 20, 30 years. Sure. So can you really predict those things? And can you uh, No, you definitely, them? I mean, well, you can model them. I mean, but then it's based on zoning, right? The zoning is like a capacity for how many people you can house. Yeah. Yeah. And how often... So it kind of like begates itself, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, uh, I, I feel like the deeper problem is um, how often can those zones be revised? Mm, mm. Because if it can yeah. be updated every three months, then yeah, it's a huge problem that there's still the zoning for the same Well, they usually homes. don't do that. They usually update them like every few years. Right, and that's the problem is that population growth can happen. There can be a lot of growth within that time period that they're updating so that they could have just been off by a few thousand houses or a, or few, a hundred, few million and then and then three years update okay let's see where we are oh we're off by a million yeah you know? yeah so maybe there's a maybe that's the root of the problem so the official like number is that california needs three and a half million homes by 2025 mm -hmm. or else what just the homeless that's, population that's increases. That's to, uh, if I am, if I know correctly, it's to bring it within American like housing in price increase. So California is like growing like this in terms of housing prices. If we were to bring it back to like normal American price growth, how many homes would it take? Hmm. But it's not in everyone's best interest to bring those prices down. I mean, if I were the property owner, I might sure. be happy to own property in San Francisco sure. or single-family home even because maybe when I bought oh, yeah, it, it's increased in value so much. And you're paying very little taxes on it because of Prop 13. I don't know about that. Yeah, so Prop 13 is basically the idea is that when you buy your home, you You've bought it at the, your taxes, your property taxes can only go up so much. <laughs> so it's like 2% a year. And it, so let's say you bought your home in like 1970. Yeah. And now you're paying, so your home is worth like millions, but you're actually still paying the same property taxes on the value it was worth 30 oh. years ago. Yeah. And why is that? Uh, why was Prop 13? What's the idea behind it? The idea was that, well, property taxes were like going through the roof mm -hmm. back in the 70s. And, well, the logical response is to build apartments in to keep property taxes down for everyone. 
but the uh, what they did instead was why don't we cap it? So that was that was what they decided back then. I really don't like that. Uh, not specifically that law, but well, I, it, I don't it, like the idea that um, it's pretty normal to um, like make financial policy without really um, considering the consequences. Yeah, but I just I have serious doubts that that everyone that's involved in policy making is educated in finances mm. and things like that really. Worry well, they trash your finances for sure. <laughs> well, it doesn't. It doesn't just. It just doesn't seem to be a wise financial decision. Oh no, it was a it, terrible financial decision. And it should. I almost feel like it shouldn't be price. allowed. It shouldn't. We shouldn't be allowed to place caps on the like. Things should have to be aligned with the market on some level. Yeah. Yeah. And to say that, okay, from now on, you know, we're just going to artificially do this. Yeah, exactly. I I guess subsidizing makes sense in a lot of cases, but maybe it's holes in my financial education, but that's very disturbing that that's true. It is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. So anyhow, because of Prop 13, a lot of people who own homes now, these single-family homes, which might be detrimental to the community in general. Sure. It might be very nice for them because... Yeah, it might they're be. Pay, they're pay, they likely are paying lower property taxes. They are. They definitely because are, Because in a growth period, sure. the property taxes would be increasing. Right. So if there's a cap on it, then eventually they will be paying lower taxes versus if it were a decay of some sort. Yeah. Then if they had an artificial, like... I guess the opposite of a cap, whatever is like an underneath cap. This is yeah. the lowest you could possibly pay. Then they'd be suffering, right? Because they'd be paying a higher property tax than everyone else, right? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Wow. So some people like it. Some people, some people like don't, it, and it takes a three years or whatever amount of years in order to edit the zoning, which you think is one of the bigger problems when it comes to innovating in housing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now, what about transportation? Zoning and transportation to those are those nearly as connected? I think so. I mean, yeah, they are. Um, because you transport have, people from work to to businesses. I'm guessing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, have having more businesses. Like, if we lowered relax zoning, we could have more businesses. We can get people around easier and build. But it would have to be a concerted effort, right? Mm-hmm. We would have to like intentionally build transportation that can transport people at scale. Mm. But doesn't it seem like a good thing to have all the businesses in one area and all the houses in another? Oh, f- area? yeah. I mean, because then that's- you could think of it as less transportation would be necessary or less, fewer systems. Maybe just one big bus. That runs regularly. Here are the homes, here are the schools, here are the businesses. Okay. Sure, yeah. And so I grew up in New York where everything is essentially mixed. Mm. So you have businesses like I grew up on a block. The train station was down the block. The businesses were around the corner. And it was really convenient. Actually, I feel like 
it required less transportation because you could go to the supermarket down the street. Mm. You don't have to drive there, right? Yeah. yeah, that's true. If every block had pretty much every essential business that you then, would need, yeah. then you wouldn't have to go that often. Yeah. Sometimes um, I think about the cities and like the transportation systems and compare them to the circulatory system where, mm. you know, your the blood vessels need to, exactly. the oxygen needs to go it's, everywhere. Yeah, it's like... It's like, it doesn't really matter which blood vessel goes to which place as long as the oxygen gets there. And there's no, hopefully, no traffic jams. Yeah. You, know? you, you uh, it's just everything kind of has a flow to it. Right. And um, resources get distributed somehow or another, even though there's yeah, it's one like heart. the human systems. Mm-hmm. That's why I think of like housing and transportation are like the fundamentals of society. Well, yeah, except they're designed. They're you know sometimes intelligently, sometimes not exactly right. And right, they don't have the forces of evolution shaping them. There are things that maybe shouldn't survive that do survive, and bad policy would be a big one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I see what you mean. The 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 transportation and the housing are uh, are intertwined. Are intertwined. Yeah. So maybe it'd be best if everything. What is the what is the case for any single family homes? Why not just have apartments across the globe? Like, what's the argument against that? Well, some people say they'll cast shadows. Some people say that they're um, they won't be affordable. Why wouldn't they be affordable? I know, right? <laughs> if anything, they'd be more affordable. They, yeah, exactly. Just there, if there's more supply. Yeah, and that's the key. And I think people don't really understand the scale that's needed. The scale is at least in the millions mm. that we know of. But it's probably more than that. Yeah. Because we've had decades of price growth. And to bring that down to like something that people can actually afford will take a while and mm. take a lot of homes. Mm. And it'll just require like a mentality shift. Um, you know, part of like, I guess what quote unquote the American dream is to have that like white picket fence and um, the yeah. single family home and drive everywhere. But I think there's a new dream of like not needing a car. Yeah. Right? There is a dream of that. Yeah. <laughs> Why is the fence an important part of the dream? I don't know. I don't think it's very important. <laughs> <laughs> and and also like suburbs, single family homes, I feel like they're very isolating. Yeah. I I see the appeal for the suburbs, the burbs. I, I I can kind of see it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's quiet. It's quiet. That's the yeah. appeal. And and yeah. that, and that is maybe the best argument against the apartment. <laughs> yeah. It's the noise. Sure. You, know, you have no control over your neighbors. There might be, you know, if you're in a shitty one, thin walls, people are loud, people are up well, then all night. It just matters how we design our homes, right? Maybe that can be the new zoning. It's like, okay, these are apartments, but they're for like old people. Old so, people. You know, well, there's senior housing. 
There you go. Or maybe the bottom floors for every apartment are senior, quiet, you know. Yeah. The top floors are the party floors. Sure. <laughs> and then there's some culture of like Well, you could build like um like noise proofing. Yeah, that's true. Maybe the standards related to that would 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 change over time if it became I feel like there's like it's like a canvas of art. Like you can design and build anything. And you have so many tools at your disposal that, like, apartments can be, they don't have to be boring. They can be interesting. <laughs> what do you think about the tiny house movement? Um, yeah, well. Because I think that those might still require cars. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so it, it might do something for housing but not as much for transportation i mean if you can't stack them then it might be worse than having an apartment yeah exactly yeah (laughs) as far as like how much land you're taking up yeah and kind of shifting a bit talking about homeless i mean the number one thing they need is a home yeah that's like that is like fundamental yeah yeah and current policies, like, oh, we'll, we'll kind of, like, th- move them around. Mm. Like, yeah. They need permanent housing. Yeah. And apartments can help in that. You think it's possible to set up free apartments or subsidized ap- I mean, they're already yeah, they've apartments. Yeah, yeah, they've built them in San Francisco. Mm. They're just really expensive. And that's also another part. Wait a of, minute. They've built subsidized apartments. Yeah, that expensive. are expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They cost like 600K a piece, which is kind of insane, right? 600K a piece, you mean? Per apartment. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, right? I mean, how much would it cost without the subsidy? Well, it's still like construction costs, right? Yeah. And but I mean, to buy, I mean, we're talking about no, 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 to create. Oh, they created these apartments, not they didn't buy them. Um, and we're not talking about rent, is what I'm saying. <laughs> right, right. And then so they build these homes, and then they offer them below market rate. Gotcha. And what is the rent for something like that? I mean, market rate is like $1,000, right? Market rate? Yeah. It's like (laughs) (laughs) $4,000. So below market rate, what is that? Well, it can depend because it's based on like income. So if you're making like AMI, average median income, that's pretty high in San Francisco. So... Yeah, I guess, but it all it's comes still down cheaper to, than uh, you know normal market rate house. Well, what's the value of living in San Francisco? Is the question, and that might be different for each person. Sure, you know, but and, generally, it's a great economy. Mm. Um, it's a great city to live in. Great weather. Um, <laughs> Besides the fucking fog. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. <laughs> die in this. You fog. love it. You love or hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I think the value of living in San Francisco is high if you're creative. If you're taking For sure. If you're taking advantage of the uh the kind of the culture of San Francisco. Mhm. But 
if not, you know, if you're just, you know. Well, look, I mean, San Francisco isn't for everyone. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's for a lot of people. I think yeah. it would be hugely millions, beneficial. <laughs> apparently. It's for millions of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, see, and, and, and that's why I try to ask you about things related to the startup scene or salon that you're involved in. Because yeah. to me, these really are the benefits of living in San Francisco. Yeah, exactly. It's, that's why it's, I live it's here. The, these yeah. kind of small interactions you can have with people over time, the networking that can be done. For sure. And the, you meet people here that you wouldn't meet. Anywhere else. Yeah. Anywhere else. Hmm. I Thanks. hope to actually come out here more often. You should. I don't know that I will, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just need a, I need a mission other than going to the, the fucking Chrome store. Chrome store, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I need an excuse. For sure. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like you really are operating more like... Um, you're you're thinking about a lot of civil engineering stuff more so than the last time I spoke to you. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking back then. I think I was my mindset has changed a lot. Was it going back to New York or some some other stuff? No, it was after I like made those videos about like housing and I think they were very negative and trying to like YouTube, attack people. Huh? Are these on YouTube? They are. <laughs> what, what can people search to find them? You can search my name, Isaac Rosenberg. All right. <laughs> find Isaac Rosenberg on YouTube. <laughs> Look for some housing videos. Okay, so anyhow. I'm not proud of them, I will say that. Well, should you be proud of I feel like um, creatively, there's no reason to truly be proud of old stuff. Like, you shouldn't feel... Like you have, you to should be always be like looking back and being like, "Oh, I was so dumb back then." You yeah, know? I I feel like almost nothing after it's done. I'm not really all a few things I'm happy about after I finish them. Yeah, like, that's rare. Most of the time, I'm just like, "Okay, ugh, on to it's the next." It's just thing. the process. Well, you, you know? know what it is is that um, by the time I'm finished, I've already thought of another thing most of the time. Yeah, so I'm excited about the next thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not really. Like finishing usually isn't as fun if I'm just finishing something that's the last prototype, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's, it's fun if you finish something that really is the cutting edge as you're finishing it. Right. But most of the time, by the time I'm halfway through, I've made nine mistakes and the next prototype would be the version of me doing the, it'd be me doing the same thing, even if I'm doing the same thing. Doing that same thing without the nine mistakes. I'm more excited about yeah, that yeah. than I am about this thing that I know I already fucked up nine times. Sure. I, I, I'm excited about the version where I've perfected the things I just messed up. Yeah. Or, or I just, it's just paradigm shifting. I'm just doing something else that's not even close to what I was doing before. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, you can find those videos, Isaac Rosenberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, what, what was it about those videos that uh, was... Yeah, it was the attitude. Um, so I was, like, kind of attacking people. And I... <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? I, I haven't watched these videos, but what... Give me um, the summary. Fuck this person. Yeah, that was basically... That's kind of like the TLDR. 
Mm. Uh, I made a video about Beverly Hills. They were trying to, so they're building a subway in Beverly Hills. And Beverly Hills in the high school was like, this will cause like congestion and all kinds of shit. Yeah. Um, And I made a video about that. Mm. I was like, you guys suck, basically. Oh, so you're doing um, response videos, huh? Yeah. (laughs) I was making about like current events, more or less. Huh. And you stopped doing those? Yeah, I did stop. Why? <laughs> Again, the attitude. I I think like <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you find some obscure transportation thing you don't like and then you just rant about it and then <laughs> that's the video. Is that what you were doing? Yeah, more or less. Maybe you should, you know, reconsider those videos because I I feel like there's a comedic side to those that maybe it's not perfected, but when you do get it, it could actually be a really cool thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it could be really interesting. Uh, it just has to, yeah. The approach has to be different. Hey, Sini. <laughs> hey. What's up? <laughs> We're, we're recording a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. Cool. Good to see you, man. <laughs> okay, so you were a big hater on uh, the Beverly Hills transportation system that you saw. And, or I was, I was hating on the Beverly Hills High School. Oh, the high school. Yeah. For stopping the development of a exactly train that you thought was a good idea. Yes. And then, so they were concerned about like construction dust and that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some. <laughs> wow. And then now you said, okay, I'm guessing what you're thinking is, I don't want to be a hater. I want to unify people. And okay. And how are you doing that now? Or are you unifying? I'm focused more on like a message of like, this can be a positive thing. And this meaning changes transportation, updating transportation systems? Yeah, and housing, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I feel the same way. I, I used to frame it like there's two things you could do if you're a rational being. Yeah. One of them is hating. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can tell people why they're full of shit. You're you're well equipped to do that, but then another. And then thing, what 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 does that get done? Well, sometimes you know? it's good. If, sometimes if if, it's, if you're in an environment where it's dangerous to be a hater, then it could be really beneficial to speak out. Like, sure. Like if if you're a whistleblower, basically, you know. <laughs> See ya. If, if 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 there's some problem, if there's some corruption. And you're taking a stand yeah. by articulating exactly what the problem is right. in an environment where either people don't know there's a problem or they know and they're scared to speak out on it. Right. Then it could be good to be to to criticize, to critique, to hate. Yeah. Right? But most of the time, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be the person critiquing anything. Sure. I would much rather be the person who is like building something else. Right. Like building something that is a, a superior product so that now I don't have to critique the shitty thing because there's just a better I have option. something better. Yeah, There's exactly. a better option and people will just willingly choose the better option. That's what I'm going yeah. for. 
That's exactly what I'm going for. But it's hard. It's harder to build than it is to break things down. Sure. And, um, yeah, and it's easy to criticize. And it's easy to criticize, and and also, just because you're criticizing doesn't even mean you have a better solution. So that's another thing too. Exactly. Sometimes, exactly. Even if I want to criticize, I would rather do it after I have a, a, an alternative. Right. And when and I had no alternative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. But that's good. I, I think that's a part of the the kind of evolution of um, dealing with problems. Yeah. Is that yeah? You need to get your stuff out. You need to have your angry moment. But eventually, you should probably try to build something if you if you can. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you do have skills that would allow you to. Build something better. Yeah, to make a mark, you know. Or it, at it, least it, provide a model of what could be. Right, right. And, and I think that's powerful. I think, th- honestly, I think that that's something that isn't done enough. I, I mentioned this earlier today, but like a lot of the time, the people who have the power to change things don't have the vision. Mm. They don't really know what's possible. Right. Right. There was a saying that um, back when, I don't know, I guess Henry Ford was uh, said something along the lines of if if people, if you were to ask people what they wanted, they'd say more horses or something. Yeah, better horse. Better horses. A faster horse. A faster horse. Something related to horses because that's what was in their environment. It's not even possible for them to think about an engine if they've never seen or heard one or studied chemistry. Sure. How would they even know about an engine? Right. So a lot of the time, there are people amongst us who know about engines in the world of horses. Yeah. But they're probably, a lot of the time, they're not in power. And I think it's their job to say, hey, let me talk about this thing that's possible. Even though I can't do it. Let me just talk about it. Let me put it out there that this thing is possible so that those who really are in a position to make decisions and make changes are picking from the best possible pool of ideas. Yeah. Instead of just their idea. Sure. Because their sure. idea, let's be real, it's better horses most of the time. Yeah. You know? Totally. And um, yeah, if, if, if you have the... And and I see people who are skilled in software as people who know about things other than horses that regular mm. people don't really know about. Sure. Because what is software? It's 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 I mean it seems to me like uh directly it's organizing bits, but indirectly it's a human brain plus a computer is like the ultimate computing yeah. tool. Absolutely. And, and it's it's like the world of computation. You you live in the world of computation. Right. And you know certain things can be computed that other people don't know. Yeah. And it's like maybe you should maybe sharing a part of that can be a way of um producing rather than criticizing. Right. You know, right. Models models are a meaningful way to produce. Sure. You know. Yeah. Even though it's just a model. <laughs> you know, sometimes you can make something visual, you can make something interactive, you could really uh, enhance someone's ability to see beyond the horses. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. I actually want to read my uh, my letter to you. I was going to read it in the restaurant. 
You wrote me a letter? No, it wasn't. It was the fucking don'ts. Oh, that, okay. The thing that I got outed for, but it's going to take me a minute to uh, grab it. So give me a second. Yeah, go for it. I got to search for this shit. Actually, you should read it. Um, Is this the letter you sent? Yeah, this is the reason why I got thrown out of the nose. <laughs> okay, here it is. Can you read this aloud? Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, actually, I'm not going to prime you with anything. <laughs> I, Jean-Pierre Pavelute, currently residing in Domate Loft, would like to be in SCHA. Bad standing. I understand that this must be confusing. <laughs> but I am not admitting to any specific action or violation of SCHA policy. I am only asking to be placed in bad standing. I, in some sense, <laughs> I am a, a cu- an accuser and maybe possibly a perpetrator any bad a- any actions that may have been warranted, my bad standing requests will remain unclear. Although this request is for moral reasons, I'd like to avoid making any self-incriminating statements for political reasons. Consider the question, if another SCHA member has the power to place me in bad standing, then I can do the same for another why shouldn't I be able to out myself? I am prepared to suffer the punishment of a bad standing status. Please reply to this email once you've made your decision. And then there's a... Uh, oh, there might be a response to it. Yeah, there is. Okay, so what... Wow. Now, here's here's my question. And, and I think that this is vaguely related to what we were saying about... Yeah. Um building rather than criticizing sure and um and also like imagination but th- th- first of all it's not even clear what this is <laughs> yeah other, th- other than a request for bad standing yeah it's not clear what it is but um also i would argue that this is a situation where there's building rather than criticizing okay and the reason for that is there's actually no attack yeah. <laughs> and and this was at a time I was very worried, right? Like, okay, I could be in a corrupt organization right now. Mm-hmm. But I felt like, you know what? Let me, instead of attacking anyone, yeah, let me only risk my own reputation mm-hmm. and just learn. Yeah. I'd rather just learn about what's going on directly from my own experience, right. than say someone's doing something wrong. I don't know that anyone's doing anything wrong. I'll find out if something's wrong based off of how I'm treated. Yeah. And in some sense, you know, I, at the time, I'd say that's better character than, than average rather than worse than average. Sure. Because there's no one who's harmed. Um, the worst case scenario is you have an innocent person who's uh, getting punished. Yeah. That's really the worst case scenario. Because uh-huh. if, if, if you have a guilty person getting punished, well, they should be getting punished. They're fucking guilty. Sure. Right? So the worst thing is, oh, we were wrong and this is an innocent person. 
but it's the same person who's asking to be punished. So it's like if an innocent person says, hang me, the worst thing that can happen is they're actually innocent. And they get hung. Because yeah. now you have an innocent person that got hung. Yeah. But if they're guilty and they say, hang me, that's not an injustice. The mm. only injustice is on the part of the person who's actually requesting the person getting hung. And this is in, in stark contrast to me saying, um, hang that other innocent person. Yeah. Because then there is harm done, right? That other innocent person had nothing to do with the process. Yeah. But they got hung, which is worse than you just being hung. Right. And the hope is that, well, they'll notice I'm innocent and they won't hang me. But they if it's did. A, if it's a good, no, well, <laughs> they, they did something else. But yeah. if it's a good system, then they'll, when I, it's my turn to get hung, they'll say, okay, let's review his case. Oh, he, there's, he's innocent, so we won't hang him. Right. If it's a bad system, they'll just hang me. Oh, he has to be hung, so he's just hung. Clearly, it was a bad <laughs> system. <laughs> but, but I would argue crafting a way of testing my hypothesis is, is a form of um, producing rather than criticism. Interesting, yeah. Because you, you have the option to just say, oh, fuck this whole thing. Everybody's terrible. Yeah. The system's corrupt, you know. Or you could say, well, let me take it as a hypothesis that the system is corrupt and prove whether it's corrupt or, or not. Mm. And that approach is another indirect way of producing rather than criticizing. Yeah. Is that you can actually test your hypothesis in the real world. And, and that knowledge gained right. is actually a product of your thinking. Yeah. So in some sense, you can become a detective rather than uh you know just screaming the sky is falling sure is sure it, is the sky really falling how could i test that that's really interesting yeah yeah huh. so anyhow this obviously was not uh taken <laughs> as like a beautiful thing to to anyone other than me at the time but i have real skin in the game when i say that yeah you should it it, it is it is tough when you see stuff that's broken to say to, to to like resist just talking shit. Yeah, and that's what I did. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. And I talked shit, um, but I don't think that will lead to. I mean, it's good. Like I called people out. Yeah, but, but there's I, a limit to that. Man. Exactly, I, I, there's I, a I, limit. It's good, but not great. It's not great. Yeah, exactly. What's I mean it. Uh, What's what's supposed to be the end goal of calling someone out? Exactly. I mean, is it a community response? I mean, especially in the in the world of transportation. Right. Is calling someone out going to make the train go or make them build the sure, train? Sure, sure. Probably not. Probably not. You no. know? <laughs> so I think sometimes going for someone's reputation is the easiest thing and not the best thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was easy, but not constructive i don't think it was very constructive yeah i was actually reminded of this um i know this guy who um he had trouble with some girl back in the day okay and he was telling me you know what i want to do i want to go to her house across the street and fucking have some kind of a get together 
right near her place <laughs> so, that, so that she knows that I'm allowed, you know, oh, I'm allowed to be here. Yeah. You know, and I say, listen, ma'am, is that really the best use of your time? Because it sounds like what you're trying to do is annoy her directly. Yeah. Rather than up yourself, you know, like maybe what you should do is build the best version of you that you can build rather than exactly. trying to knock somebody else down. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. I think that this is a constant battle um, as a creative in any field, whether it's software or whatever, is that when you see problems, the natural response is always, for a lot of people at least, without any training, is attack mode. Yeah. But it's not usually the best. Anyhow, we... You know, we spend a lot of time on that, but basically, you you moved on from making those shit talking. Yeah, yeah, I moved on. <laughs> I moved on. You moved on from making those, and now you're in the game. You know, you're running for office again. Again. What are you running for? I'm gonna run for mayor. For mayor of San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a wild thing, but these days, you know. Everything got Trump is and wild. Bloomberg yeah, exactly. Office, so I guess it's not far fetched anymore. No, for national office that is, for sure. But so, what is your politically? I'm and I'm still a little confused about this. Yeah, politically, it seems like as far as problem solving, you have the credentials, you have the interest. You're you're meeting with you know people who know about infrastructure. Yeah. But as far as politics, what is your political strategy mm. for winning the mayor of San Francisco? What year would you be? Will you be running? It would be like twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three. So we have a few years to go. Yeah. Um. So I'm still kind of trying to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is kind of the TLDR. Yeah, you should work in the mayor's office, I'm telling you. Yeah, they they have a, I mean... And just be a normal intern, you know? You'll be coming from a different background, you know? They'll probably respect that. Everyone's going to be a political science student. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. True. Maybe. I feel like the political connections, you got to be aggressive with that. Yeah, and I'm kind of starting to do that right now. Mm -hmm. That's good. Well, best luck to you. I mean, thank it's, you. It's, it's it is it it's going to be a long road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. I mean, it's 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 pretty wild to me when anyone from the logic world leaves the logic world mm. in any way, shape, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so different from everything else there's a, a, the amount of i just think the the merit-based way of operating is unique to the logic world yeah i don't really think anything else is like that i don't think it's possible to know how good anyone is sure outside of the world where it's measurable mm -hmm. so it's like there's a lot of bullshit and it's it's just weird how do you distinguish what's real and what's fake if somebody's like i'm i'm a programmer 
Yeah. You can find out within the first hour of watching them code. Sure. Where they stand. Right. You know, how are they approaching certain things? Um, how do they comment on code? How do they set up functions? You could kind of have a feel for, okay, this person's like top shelf, not so much, or they just got out of the college. Right. You know, that's not true for a lot of shit, though. You really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you really don't know. There's no way of knowing. It's just like, especially this person, in politics, people like this person. It's hard to uh, that's it. distinguish between good and bad. Because it's popular. Hmm. And people value. There was this uh, thought experiment. I think it was. I also think, though, people will value honesty as well. Some people. <laughs> Some people. <laughs> a lot of people don't give a fuck about honesty because they don't know what's real and what's not. So if you promise them something, they have no way of verifying whether or not that thing is even possible. It's mm. <laughs> true. So it's, it's based off of trust, which is ultimately subjective if you don't actually know the person. <laughs> yeah. Let me put it like this. If you wear the right clothes on a certain day, that will radically change the perception of you, whether or not people trust you. Just because it's based off of a, a certain tie, decision, a certain tie, you know, like w w what kind of shoes you have on, sure, could sway someone, could sway a thousand people, ten thousand people, in your favor or against you on any given day. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows each other. They're just looking. It's all just symbolic communication. Oh, this, that, that. Okay, I trust them. Oh, this, this, and that. Oh, I don't And a them. lot of people have their kind of like checklists. Yeah, you everybody know? has a checklist, whether they're aware of it or not. Yeah. And it's like, it takes skills to get beyond your own checklist. Sure. To see that you even have biases let alone, you know, the willingness to combat them or try to overcome them. Yeah. So it's a sticky, tricky world. But, you know, it's doable. Yeah, it is doable. And it might be necessary in order to achieve the goals that you're interested in. Them, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you tune in with, um, and I bring him up because he's he claims to be a big transportation guy these days. Uh, but uh, Elon Musk, are you aware? Oh, of his, uh, <laughs> yes, I am aware of his. Uh... What do you think of tongue? Then, because that's a basic thing that's been proposed, right? That's like a model that's been put out. Sure, there. sure, it's definitely an option. Um, but, but <laughs> <laughs> it has very low throughput. What do you mean? Like, if you see the tunnels and how big they are, yeah, they're really small. Mm. If you built, I mean, the idea of tunneling, though, sure, if you built them bigger. I mean, you know, I think it would work, but then you would just it's just like shuttling cars, mm. right? Yeah, and in your view, cars themselves are a problem, they are because they just like, well, think of it, right? It's not just cars, it's you got to park them, yeah. right? Parking takes well, up huge amounts well, of space. Me, that's that to me is the most hopeful side of um, self-driving cars is that maybe parking 
can be like, you know, train parking. Where you, you just, you have certain lots with cars. Right. But for the most part, people need cars to move throughout the city. So you just, instead of owning a car and parking it somewhere and then it's sitting. Sure. The car is just a part of the city, more like a taxi. Right. Yeah, that seems like a very hopeful thing. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, it even then, still, you need like curbside parking and that kind of stuff. For nighttime. Yeah. Yeah. The majority of people are asleep. Right. Maybe that's what the tunnels are the most useful for—is parking. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. For car storage. Car storage. Yeah. <laughs> Just put those yeah. things underground, and then we'll bring them up when we need them. Yeah. Trains. I'm a huge fan of trains. I think of uh, maybe you. Why? What's so good Why? about trains? Versus a bus. Versus a bus. Well, I mean, a bus can be great mm-hmm. if it has its own lanes. Yeah. But yeah. it needs its own lanes, period. And that's what the advantage of a train is. It basically has its own lane. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It has its own lane. It can pick up. It can pick up, drop off thousands of people at once yeah. very smoothly. Yeah. I think it's great. Maybe that's it. Maybe in the future there will just be more trains. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, if you have the setup where each block has everything you need, then do you even need trains? Yes. Because, I mean, I guess to get to... There's got to be some centralized stuff. Sure. I mean, you can't just... I mean, there has to be more... Uh, can't all... You can't, can't have everything yeah. within walking distance. <laughs> I mean, you have to hang out with friends, that kind of stuff. People live on different parts of the city. They might live in one big apartment. Yeah, Ideally, that's true. Hanging out with friends is trivial. You just go upstairs. There was actually a proposal in San Francisco. It was like this, it would be this, it would have been this huge, like basically mega building to house like a million people or something. Yeah. That's horrifying. (laughs) It was, it was an interesting concept. I mean, you literally would have had everything in where you need. Here's what's scary. People are people. So there's going to be something wrong with the management that's going to turn it just horrific. <laughs> like imagine, <laughs> imagine if they cut corners, building the building, they cut corners on the locks or something okay. trivial, but then it gets scaled to a million people. That's or, fair. That's yeah, fair. So, so anything, you know, the, the, there's so many ways that it could go wrong just with that where it's like, you're building a, a, or what if you are in one of the houses and your key works for another house? Oh, that would be fucked a up. A million different keys. But we've, I think we've already oh, mastered al- yeah, the. Yeah. Uh, I mean, something along those lines. Sure. Right? Where, where, like, the fact that it's duplicating the same thing creates a vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. That's also why we need to like reform construction processes and uh that kind of stuff yeah to make it more efficient and safer mhm 
Yeah. Safety. That's another thing that I always thought was funny about my little dome hut situation was that we had no physical safety. No. (laughs) (laughs) All the safety talk about, oh, you know, everybody's problematic. Everybody needs to be canceled. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you could break into one of these places, no sweat. (laughs) This is the farthest thing from safe. Yeah. Yeah. Some are, for some reason or another, everybody else is making it unsafe. I don't understand that. Crazy. But yeah, maybe um, along with the zoning things, the construction standards are another thing holding back the development of these more advanced systems as you see them. Exactly. Because yeah. you've got to work with what you have. And maybe with, maybe when you take everything into account, you know, the apartments as you see it, the single family homes as you see it, really do make sense economically. And a lot would have to change in a lot of industries before we could jump to like the pod houses. Right. Or something close to that. Right. Exactly. Hmm. You should live in an apartment. I did. <laughs> I grew up in an apartment. I mean, for for a while, you should for political reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to live here forever. <laughs> no, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. But if you're going to be the apartment guy, you know. Yeah. You got to live in an apartment, otherwise, people are going to think you're phony. No, it's true. It's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mostly have lived in apartments. Yeah. Mostly. That's good. Well, a San Francisco apartment. The next place, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I told you, but I hope to be living in, uh, in houses um, moving forward. Or actually, I'm in an apartment now, maybe apartments, but like taking advantage of the fact that there are so many students. Yeah. And like, if you can afford to take on a lease by yourself, then you can just split it up as you please and charge rent. Right. Based off of whatever numbers you want for your profit. Yeah. And then it could be passive. So hopefully by August, I'll have enough saved up. To where I could just get my own space and then rent it out to students, international students or something. That would be amazing. And then, yeah, then it, it could... Because people run that game every year. There's no reason why I couldn't do it. And Ooh. the beauty of it is it's like if it's an apartment and it's lease, it's like I don't have to have any special paperwork done. I'm just a renter. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I think it's time to wrap things up. Okay. With the most important question the most important in yeah. the universe. What is universe. this question? Triangles or squares? Hmm. Hmm. Uh triangles that's right (laughs) hey Uh, strawberry blueberry
fun berry to berry. That's a snack, blackberry. Hey, do I really want the stem or the cherry? Bucket naked doing mathematics. Hey, dynamic, I don't mind static. Hey, can't deny it, I might die tonight. Hey, every rainbow's just white light. Uh, keep my toppings on top of it. Helicops, helicopter, draw the whole lot, cartographer, think about dots, philosopher, check the bars with a barometer, not a day without chefing, that's negligence, don't trust what I say, check the evidence, it all depends on the mold you were shaped in, what you make from the leaves that you break in, either you get it or you don't, either it's burnt bread or it's toast, either a wavelength or a note, Either a joke or a real quote Either use it or lose your vote Strawberry, blueberry One berry, two berry That's a snack, blackberry Hey, I really want the stem or the cherry Not the most musical, more Dr. Seussical All my work's useless, I keep my dick usable I'm a nuisance, the proof's in the juices Finish all your trick and your sig fig mutants She smoked that estrogen and progesterone Threw it in the vape, took it to the dome Fuck it, I might hit the testosterone Chef's cut, dopamine with some melatonin I can't tame it if it's too tame I can't name it, it's a new name Left right when the life came Every night play the dice game Draw the line through the right planes Is it mean if I don't mean it? What's a fucking mean mean to a deviant? And not to diss you, but you stop chefing I don't miss you, I have no tissue Strawberry, blueberry One berry, two berry That's a snack, blackberry Hey, do I really want the stem or the cherry? I keep it one more than a thousand I see these sheep charged up, keep it rounded Somebody show these, where the pound is? I think the kitchen's getting crowded Same place, different state Same shit the chefs love, the sheep hate My beats in a briefcase Never cheap with the beefsteak Nothing free in that sweepstake I think they're locked into the optics I'm like the opposite, I'm like their compliment I'd rather say a lot with a little Sold the violin, got a fiddle If you don't experiment, you don't walk You wanna talk? Are you really about the chalk? Then please shut the fuck up, enough is enough Sheep ass arguments, get your tongue cut Strawberry, blueberry one berry, two berry That's a snack, blackberry Hey, do I really want the stem or the cherry?